1: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
2: Yes, it is. We roll along. Greeny. we're presented by Progressive Insurance, and we are jam-packed on this day after the most consequential football day that I can remember in a really long time. And we have a lot of places that we will go, including live to Denver, where our old buddy Mark Schlereth is standing by. He'll join us in about a half hour with his perspective on the Broncos, the team that he helped win two Super Bowls. Um, and their acquisition of Russell Wilson, what exactly it means. You know, Stink, you don't need me to tell you who he is or how good he is. So I'm looking forward to chatting with him. He'll be with us in a half hour. In the meantime, before we went to a break, I asked today's question of the day. You ask these
1: questions. Greenie's question of the day.
2: And I feel like we should have some stakes on this, but the answer to it might not come for another six, seven, eight years. So it's going to be hard to do it. But my question is, with Aaron Rodgers at 38, and the possessor of one Super Bowl ring, and Russell Wilson at 33, and also the possessor of one Super Bowl ring, if you ought to bet your life, bet your house, bet something that mattered to you, which one will retire with more championships, Rodgers or Russell? Hambo, what's the answer?
0: I'm going to say Russell Wilson here merely because of the difference in age. Russell Wilson, 33, like you mentioned. I think has at least another half a dozen seasons, should he want them. I think he'll probably play at a fairly high level for most of that time. And Aaron Rodgers has reached a point in his career, clearly, where he is year to year with this thing. Like he could opt to, I mean, Pat McAfee tweeted yesterday that retirement for him was very much on the table now. So I could very easily see him walking away with the only, the only one that he has. And thus, I think Russell Wilson is the answer to your question.
2: All right, that's one vote for Wilson Nuno. Russell or Rogers, which one retires with more rings?
3: Um, I think it's Rogers because he has the easier path to luck into a Super Bowl Long. ring, right? Because the path for him, you know, the Giants are two years away, the Bears <laughs> are three, four years away, the Cowboys are non-existent. Um, so uh, the Eagles, who cares? Uh, like so, Didn't I stand think, up. I think they just luck into it versus the path that Russell Wilson has to face. Uh, Nuno
2: really is a gem, isn't he? I mean, what, what a. Uh, I mean, what was, what, what was that? Could answer that question that way. That was well played. And I, if, I, if I can decipher all of it, that's one vote for Rodgers to luck into another one and one vote for Russell. So, Bubba, amongst the hashtag crew, you're going to be the decisive vote. You got to bet something that matters to you here Rodgers or Russell?
1: Uh, I'm going to agree with Nuno here and go NFC. Um, I'm not going to go with the shots at every other team around here. But, no, I think you got to go NFC because it's just going to be easier. I get the Wilson age. I think that is a huge factor. But I just think the, the, the difficulty Wilson's going to have to face in the AFC. I mean, the AFC quarterbacks are insane. And for whatever reason, we just seem to keep tossing out Super Bowls to everyone. Oh, Burrow's going to get one. Mahomes is going to get It's going to be difficult for them to get to the Super Bowl, whereas Rodgers, the path is pretty easy to get there and so he the opportunity is gonna be much easier for Aaron Rodgers to get there so I think it's Aaron Rodgers
2: so that I agree with that particularly depending upon how long you think these guys are gonna play the only reason that I would give Hembo's side of this the credence that I do is because of exactly what you said which is The reports were yesterday that retirement was a significant option right now, that he seriously considered that. Now, that's also something that's easy for him to say and not really mean, but I would be, I don't think he's going to go the Brady route. I don't think we're going to see Rodgers playing until he's 43, 44, although he probably could. So I think Russell Wilson probably has at least five additional years, five more years than Rodgers does remaining, if I had to bet on it. But I don't think Russell Wilson wins another Super Bowl, not in Denver. And that's why I, my vote would be Rodgers as well, because I'm just writing these names down. If you were starting a team right now with Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson, which way would you go?
0: Patrick Mahomes.
2: Josh Allen or Russell Wilson? Josh Allen. Joe Burrow or Russell Wilson? Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert or Russell Wilson? Justin Herbert. Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson? Lamar Jackson. Who am I forgetting in that conference? I mean... um, You know, Trevor Lawrence or Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. Uh, I mean, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, those names. Ryan Tannehill or Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. Carson Wentz or Russell Wilson? (laughs) (laughs) Russell Wilson. Uh, Derek Carr or Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. But it's close. But it's close. So, I mean, one, two, three, four, five. We have at least five guys in that conference that we think are better. And maybe, you know, and some others that are kind of on the, like, I, if I had to bet on it right now, oh, let me ask, let me change the question. Nuno, you got to bet an amount of money that matters to you. And I'm telling you one of the following two scenarios takes place next year. A, the Broncos are in the Super Bowl. B, the Broncos miss the playoffs entirely. Which one of those would you bet? I'm telling you that there's no option in between.
3: I like the odds of B. They don't make the playoffs. I think there's just enough talent in the AFC that that they could miss the you know miss the playoffs. I don't think it will happen, but I think that is more like a more likelier scenario than them winning the. What Super do
0: you think, Ken? Nuno's right, but that's the answer to the question if you ask for literally any team. It is you have a if all things were equal, a 3% chance of winning the Super Bowl and a much better chance. To the of I mean, getting, of, get of, to of the getting to the Super Bowl. Of getting, get to the Super Bowl. I think the Broncos are likelier to miss the playoffs and get to the Super Bowl, but I, again, would say that for most any team. But not the Packers,
2: you wouldn't the Packers are much likelier to get to the Super Bowl than they are to miss the playoffs, right? It would require
0: a Rodgers injury, yeah. To, right. to
2: miss the playoffs, they would have to lose Rodgers for the year. That's right. And, and there's a better chance that they win the NFC than there is in this day and age that a quarterback gets knocked out for the year. Because yeah. they very seldom do. Yeah, that's right. So I think I would go that way. So, so Bubba, what is your overall... Get, put a finishing word on this before I jump to a couple of other things I want to get to here. What is your final word on the Russell Wilson versus Rodgers of it all? Who do you think is the biggest winner coming out of yesterday?
1: Uh, the biggest winner is Aaron Rodgers. I
2: think so, too. I mean, he had... <laughs> really? He had nothing to lose. He, but he got to... The biggest winner in this, here's why. Because... You have to define winning. Aaron Rodgers was slapped across the face with a white glove. Two years ago at the NFL draft, the Packers humiliated him. When you are a quarterback of Rodgers' stature, for them to not give you a heads up and then trade up in the first round to take a quarterback, that is your own organization really humiliating you. For a player of his stature, I understand how he felt that way. And he set out on a scorched-earth tour and basically said, you guys are going to learn what a big mistake you made, and you're not going to tell it to me, you're going to show it to me. And short of renaming the franchise the Green Bay Aarons, they have done everything he could have possibly wanted to. They have publicly groveled and and apologized for that. And to me, that's winning, however else it goes. The last piece of this is going to be when they trade Jordan Love, which I don't think Rodgers really gives a damn one way or the other, whether they do or not, because he's already won this. But I think you could get something for Jordan Love, and you can get a a backup quarterback that would be of lesser value. You spend a little less on a backup quarterback than it's going to take you within what Mm -hmm. what, what what you can get in return. For Jordan Love. So, to me, Rodgers is the ultimate winner in this scenario. There is no greater winner in this scenario than he is. That said, if I were to rank the quarterbacks in the AFC West right this minute, just rank the quarterbacks in the AFC West, I know I would put Russell Wilson third at best. And I think you might be able to make an argument that the last year or two, Derek Carr has been better than him. Who was better this past season, Derek
0: Carr or Russell Wilson? Carr was better, but Russell Wilson also missed a few games.
2: But if, you, if he hadn't missed a few games, would he have then been better than Derek Carr? Prob-
0: I mean, Carr led a team to the playoffs that had no business making the playoffs. So I, you're right. Give Carr- me De- Demi-
2: I'll give you a second. Give me Derek Carr's numbers from last year.
0: Yeah, this year he threw for 4,800 yards. 4,800 exactly, yards. With 23 touchdowns and 14 interceptions.
2: Those were cars numbers. That's right. That that
0: team went 10-7, and and they had more bad happen to them than any team in the
2: NFL. That's correct. That was a team that had their coach resign in disgrace Mm -hmm. in the middle of the season. It had an unimaginable catastrophe that took place involving one of their highest-profile players in Henry Ruggs that took him away from the team and in the worst possible way. Uh, And he managed to lead. Derek Carr got all the credit in the world for being the leader of that group through all of that and got them to the playoffs and played a pretty good game against a team that wound up in the Super Bowl in Cincinnati. So uh, that that was Carr's season. What was Russell's season?
0: Uh, 25 touchdowns, six interceptions for Russell Wilson. That's a good number. Yeah, I mean, he, but he's, by that standard, he's always been outrageously good. Mm -hmm. They went six and eight in games in which he started. It was the only losing season he has ever had. There's no argument to suggest that Derek Carr's body of work is superior. That's right. But you could argue that over the last year or two, maybe, it has been.
2: Okay, I, I will go Russell Wilson ahead of him. That, that's, I'm, but I would take Justin Herbert ahead of Wilson in the blink of an eye. Not even close. Justin Herbert has been sabotaged. His coach doesn't have any idea what he's doing. And the previous coach might have been just as bad. And, and he has overcome unimaginable obstacles to be great. Right now, if I'm starting a, a team with any quarterback in the league, he'd be in the discussion with right there with Josh Allen and Mahomes, right there with those two guys. I would not put Herbert. I mean, uh, more than an eyelash behind those guys and Burrow, too. So that, that, that's how good I think he is. It's Greenie presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Call or click today. Coming up next, sneaky big winners and losers from this day yesterday, including one that I think Nuno is not going to like at all. That's next. This is Greenie on ESPN Radio.
1: Greenie, the podcast.
2: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop
4: by. Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
2: All right, it's been a while since we've done this.
1: Sneaky Big News.
2: In this case, we're going to do some sneaky big winners and sneaky big losers that come out of this big day yesterday, because as we were having our our pre-show get-up production meeting today, and we're throwing it around with, you know, Tannenbaum and Kimberly Martin and Dan Orlovsky and everybody else, we realized that there are a lot of tentacles to the moves that were made yesterday. One of them we've already discussed. I think Jordan Love becomes a fairly hot prospect. And Mike Tannenbaum made the point, and I'll make this sort of sneaky big news, that based upon the dearth of high-profile quarterbacks who figure to be free agents now and the fact that people are not sold on the QBs in this draft, there are two quarterbacks in the draft that I think are locks to go in round one, Malik Willis from Liberty and Kenny Pickett from Pitt, any one of whom, either one of whom would have been the sixth quarterback taken last year, Um, I think that Jordan Love becomes someone that, to use the, the operative phrase, there will be a really good market for Jordan Love. There are going to be teams out there that are going to want Jordan Love. Two years ago, this is a guy who went in the first round and practically every team in the league had at worst a second round grade on him. And that's more that can be said of a lot of the other options out there. And he remains cheap. You got three more years on his rookie deal if you want to pick up that fifth year option when the time comes. So I think that's sneaky big news. The other pieces of this that we got to, Tannenbaum said, sneaky big news, the 49ers struck gold yesterday because Jimmy Garoppolo now becomes the next best available option of all the quarterbacks that figure to be out there, Hembo. Is the one you would want the most quarterback in your team, Jimmy G?
0: No, it is not. The quarterback I would want quarterbacking my team next year would be Jameis Winston amongst the available. You would go Winston favorites. ahead of Jimmy G. Yes, I prefer the devil I don't know in that, in that case because I know that his high end of play far exceeds Jimmy Garoppolo's. And Garoppolo has proven not to be such a good managing game manager. We've seen him make critical mistake after critical mistake, be saved by his defense, and Kyle Shanahan's genius. So I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo in that sense, nor Carson Wentz. To me, Jameis Winston has at least shown, yeah, I can throw for 5,000 yards and sling it all the way around. And last year in Sean Payton's offense before he got hurt, he had a top 10 QBR playing in a lot more conservative style. So that would be my choice.
2: All right, the next one that I would bring up here, there's a sneaky big loser in all of this. And I think that is Nuno's New York football giants. And I will tell you why, mm. because it is no mystery, no secret at this point that the giants want Mitchell Trubisky. You heard Christine pointed out in our sports center update, and it's been all over the place and it makes all the sense in the world. Brian Dayball is the head coach of the giants. Now he was the offensive coordinator in Buffalo. He has seen what Trubisky can do up close and personal Trubisky is a poor man's Josh Allen. That's what he is. Mitchell Trubisky was much better in Chicago than he ever got much credit for being. And his biggest critic was his own head coach. And that's what screwed him in the long run. Mitch Trubisky was a good enough player that not so long ago, he was the second pick in the NFL draft. He's got a lot of talent. And here is why, Nuno, I'm telling you, I think you are a sneaky big loser in this I think that the price tag on Trubisky just went sky high, which is to say, I think getting Mitchell Trubisky on your football team right now is going to be an expensive proposition. We're going to see at some moment in time, Shefty is going to tweet the numbers, the money that Mitch Trubisky is going to get paid to go play quarterback for someone. And we're all going to say, oh, my God, I cannot believe Mitch Trubisky is getting paid that much money. So Nuno, if that's the guy your Giants want, they're going to wind up paying a bunch of money for him
3: and if they do that that leads me to believe that you're bringing him and bringing him in, hoping that Daniel Jones that he beats out Daniel Jones, yep. and you can flip Daniel Jones to for something. Now, obviously, it's not gonna be a first round pick, but in the summer you can be maybe flip them, flip them somewhere else. But a a guy who went second that you're also forgetting that's going to be available, that's a free agent that if they want to go that route would be a Marcus Mariota because he could possibly fit that um system and also compete um. Uh, with Daniel Jones. And right, it so will be a cheaper option.
2: Going back to what Hembo said, this is another one of the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. I think we know what Marcus Mariota is, right? Mariota in college was brilliant. He's a Heisman winner and all that. I mean, John Gruden, I remember coming on Mike and Mike all the time telling me Mariota's going to be great, going to be great, going to sort of set the world on fire. He didn't. And he had every opportunity to do so. So I'm much more, in- personally, I'm much more interested in Trubisky than I am in Mariota. What do you think of all this, Bubba? What, what, the Mitch Trubisky of it all. If you're the Giants, are you bringing him in to be your starting quarterback? And very quickly, by the way, Nuno, I don't think you're flipping Daniel Jones for anything. You're not going to pick up Jones' 50-year option, which means that...
3: Uh, uh, the Jets flipped Sam Darnold after...
2: But a him. year earlier. A year earlier. Are you saying you're, you, would, you would sign Trubisky and trade Jones now? I you would wouldn't say, even let him compete for the job? No,
3: I would say that you... Based upon this market, and someone is going to want a, a quarterback. I saw a Rider a writer who covers the Saints say, hey, if Trubisky ends up winning the job, keep an eye out for Daniel Jones to, with New Orleans, depending on what they do. So, so you're so, talking
2: about trading him now. You're not talking about I – mean, I mean, before this season, not, not after this season. Correct.
3: It would be before okay. this season. It would be training camp. It would be someone you know doesn't end up with the quarterback they want. Someone gets hurt like – and he has lost the job flipping him there because okay. at that point, what is what? Why is he on your roster?
2: Understood. Okay, fair enough. I thought you meant after the year. After the year, Jones would become a free agent um, because he would have completed his four years and and his fifth year option would not be picked up. Yeah, you could you could bring Trubisky in and be so sold on him. I guess by you know sometime during the preseason that you'd be willing to trade Jones to a team that has an injury or something like that? I could see that. I don't know what you get for Daniel Jones at this point. I mean, that if that winds up happening, then he's just a terrible pick. I mean, the, the Giants, what can you say? They took him sixth overall, and you wind up flipping him a few, years, a few injury-plagued and totally unsuccessful years later, and you wind up getting, what, a four for him? I mean, I don't know what you're getting for Daniel Jones. You're not getting a one or a two, I don't think. So maybe at best you get a three. Does that sound right?
0: Probably. Can I just add one more name to this conversation? And this is a much more complicated name, but I think it just needs to be said today. Deshaun Watson. Absolutely. Deshaun Watson now becomes the most coveted potential trade candidate in the NFL. There are a million obvious reasons why that conversation is different from all the ones that we just had, but he now becomes 1A for any team looking to hit a home run on the quarterback. Yes.
2: There are so many sort of ancillary issues with him, of course. And the latest on him is there will be a hearing on Friday. He's going to take the fifth. He's not going to say anything that could incriminate him because there is the possibility of criminal charges being brought um, right after that. He's right now facing civil charges. I'm not going to speculate. I've had a hard time figuring out how to talk about Deshaun Watson because it just doesn't feel right to sit here and say if Deshaun Watson is – Free and clear and eligible to play and all the rest of that. He's better than any of these guys. He's way better than better than any of them, including Russell Wilson. The only one, the only person whose name we've talked about this offseason who's better than him is Aaron Rodgers. Watson would be the next best guy by far. But there's just so many other things going on with him that I just don't even really know how to talk about it. But yes, your point is well taken. That would be the case. Right, let me pause on that thought because I want to get stinking here coming up next. So our old buddy Mark Schlereth now at Fox um, who, and host the local talk show there in Denver with his perspective on the acquisition of Russell Wilson and everything else about this enormous week in the National Football League. He's next. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio.
5: Dreamy, the podcast. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
2: All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We roll on, and once again, it's time for Nuno to take center stage. Every day we task him with just choosing a sound right for us. We don't know what it's going to be. And he picks one, and then we all listen to it, and we react together. So, Nuno, I see on my screen that this is a caller to Carmen and Yurko, which is a very popular sh- sports talk show in Chicago on ESPN One Thousand. Uh, and is there any setup that I need to it's, this? I don't. I don't know anything else.
3: Sure, it's. It's their reaction to Aaron Rodgers coming back to the Packers, oh. and and not what you expect from a Bears fan, which was interesting.
2: Okay, well let's hear this. Here we
3: go. Hey, it's a good day to be a Bears fan. It is. I, I love I love the fact that they signed Rodgers. I hate everything Rodgers. I hate everything Packers, but I respect them for it. And here's here's the plan to be the best. You got to beat the best, right?
6: right? Yeah, that's what they say.
3: <laughs> now, God. now I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend I'm Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus for a second. All right. I got a three-year window to turn my roster around, develop Justin Fields, and make it to where we don't get owned by Aaron Rodgers in year three. We got him that much longer. I don't want that SOB to retire knowing he owns us. You know,
2: there's a part of that I like, and, and it, I would it harkens back to my dad. And so my dad was that kind of sports fan. Like, the enemy was the enemy. And there was a moment in time Nuno, you'll probably remember this. I can't remember what year it was. Sometime in the early 90s, there was some speculation that Michael Jordan might leave the Bulls. And the New York papers, I want to say the Post, one of the New York papers put like a, a photo of Michael Jordan on the cover with like a Knicks uniform superimposed. I was covering sports in Chicago at that time. My father calls me, says, Michael, are the Knicks going to get Michael Jordan? And I said, I I doubt it, Dad, but I mean, they're saying it's He goes, if the Knicks get Michael Jordan, I am giving up my tickets and I'm never going back again. That was my father. So the enemy was the enemy. You didn't root for Tom Brady to come to the Jets. You didn't root back in in those days for Dan Marino to come to the Jets or Michael Jordan to come to the Knicks, which are his teams. You wanted to beat them. You want to be there to actually beat those guys. And so I respect it. I don't know if I see it that way, but, but I respect it. How about you?:
0: I respect it too, although I'm not sure I follow the, the gentleman's logic. I, I suppose it would be extremely satisfying if, in three years from now, Justin Fields and the Bears climbed Mount Rogers and beat them. but I mean for I mean, there are a lot of things that, that are nice that are never going to happen. No, so long that's as Rogers point. is there. You don't
2: want to see him <laughs> retire or leave without having the chance to finally beat him. After he told your fans years. they own him, I like that take. Hold on, let's pause fifteen seconds. This is Greeny live from the Seaport District to Pier Seventeen. Brought to you by Chase. My main man Mark Schlereth, the uh, the one and only Stink, joins me live in thirty seconds from Denver with reaction to the enormous acquisition by the Broncos yesterday. I'll spend those thirty seconds on Zip Recruiter. You know, according to research, ninety percent of employers plan to make enhancing the employee experience a top priority in twenty twenty two. After all, a happy workplace, like one that allows for a flexible schedule and focuses on company culture, is key to attracting and keeping great employees. And if you need to add more employees to your team, there's ZipRecruiter. With technology that finds the right candidates for your job and proactively presents them to you, you can easily review the candidates and invite your top choices to apply. Try it free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com G-R-E-E-N-Y. You see him every weekend doing games uh, in the National Football League on Fox. He also hosts a talk show locally in Denver on 104.3 The Fan. And uh, to his family, he is known as Popo, the one and only Mark Schlereth jumps in with us here on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Stink.
6: Good morning, Greenie. Always good to be with you, my friend. Miss you.
2: Yeah, I miss you as well. And, and, and but you're the guy with all the news out there. So for anyone who doesn't know, Stink won three Super Bowls during his career, two of them playing with Elway in Denver. And your old buddy, John Elway, has not had much success drafting quarterbacks, but he's done awfully well in luring great ones to come to his town. Obviously did it with Peyton Manning and now does the same with Russell Wilson. What, when you first heard they're getting Wilson, what was the first thought that jumped to your head?
6: I mean, my first thought was, oh, my Lord, we have a franchise quarterback. You think about it. You know, what do they say? What's the old uh, adage is uh, um, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. Well, the Broncos, if you can't to draft them, buy them. <laughs> Remember, Elway wasn't drafted here either. He right. was drafted by the Baltimore Colts and then traded. And so then they got free agency. They've got Peyton Manning, and they traded for uh, Russell Wilson. So three franchise quarterbacks. They were all all from an acquisition, not a draft status. So um, amazing what they're doing here. But here you go. I mean, it's so hard, as you know, to find franchise quarterbacks, Greeny. And you're talking about one of the top five quarterbacks in the National Football League for the last decade in Russell Wilson. And, you know, all of a sudden you have one, and then the sky's the limit because it opens up the playoffs. And if you get to the playoffs, heck, last year we had two fourth-seeds, Represent the AFC and the NFC, respectively, in the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, it's amazing. You get in the playoffs, anything can happen. of course, um, and and
2: but to get there, you got to go through the murderer's role. That is the AFC West and the AFC in general. But now you at least have the ammunition to try and do it with the quarterback in place. All right, X and O and the uh, X and O this thing for me here, Stink. So, we we the offense we would expect being run by Nathaniel Hackett now will look something like the one they've been running in Green Bay the last few years with Aaron Rodgers. So most fans can sort of picture what that offense looks like. How does Russell Wilson with this collection of weapons fit into that? What does this offense look like this year?
6: Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it does. It looks exactly like like you talked about what they've been doing in Green Bay. But you have to understand, when you're talking about Nathaniel Hackett and you're talking about where he comes from, remember uh, – Look at it and just kind of read the leaves. You go back to Mike Shanahan 2012-2013 with Kyle Shanahan on that staff in Washington, with Sean McVay on that staff in Washington, with Matt LaFleur on that staff in Washington. Then Sean McVay gets the Rams job. Well, the Rams offensive coordinator um, went to Seattle last year in Shane Waldron. So you're running essentially the exact same offense. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett is going to run the same exact offense that Russell Wilson's been orchestrating in Seattle all last year. And having done the last game of the season between the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks, Russell was performing at an incredibly high level in that offense toward the end of the season after he got healthy from that finger injury. So, Russell, you're talking about a guy that – that is very versed in this offense that really understands this offense. And he's walking out of the Seattle Seahawks uh, facility into the Broncos running the exact same offense. Greeny and Stink with you
2: here. Uh, Mark is in Denver, of course. And, and and so give us the weapons there in Denver, because I think a lot of fans, because they have had such average to below average quarterback play the last few years. I don't know that every football fan listening to this conversation realizes the potential of the offensive skill players they have in Denver. Run through some of those.
6: Yeah, well, I think you you, Corlin Sutton, uh, you know, Corlin Sutton was really coming into his own uh, year two, I think it was. He was becoming kind of a Pro Bowl wide receiver. Then he tears his ACL in the first game of the season, year three. Last year, year four, um, he he wasn't quite the same, but he was working toward being a big physical and, and dominant wide receiver. Tim Patrick has you know, come out of nowhere essentially being a free agent type of guy and really worked himself into a a very good kind of number two type of receiver. And Jerry Judy was a first-round draft choice that everybody raves about from a route-running standpoint that still has growth. He drops too many balls, still has growth potential. Um, But this is a guy that – as good as as it gets when it comes to releases and getting off the football and getting open early. So you've got a lot of talent there. Albert Okawebenam is a, a tight end that's got a lot of um, incredible skill set um, that uh, is going to really kind of thrust be thrust into the forefront at that position. So from that standpoint, you've got a lot of, uh, of pieces Um Hamler is also a guy that was, I think, a second-round draft choice out of Penn State. They can really run, so they've got a lot of weapons uh, from that standpoint. And Javante Williams, to me, is really kind of a linchpin piece that can be an actuator to that offense. He is great from a running back standpoint, physical, nasty. Uh, You know, you block him for two, he'll get you four. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. So you've got a running game. Um, they that creates your opportunity to run all your play action, your run action stuff, and your play pass stuff for those big plays over the top. So I think they're a lot better than I think a lot of people think. I don't think they're great, but I think they have the potential to be really good, way above average um, from just that that wide receiver slash tight end position.
2: Yeah, and and then you add the right quarterback in, and all of a sudden it elevates everybody. Greeny and Stink. So then, you know I'm thinking back early in your career, you would have played. You played in Washington. And the the quarterbacks Mm -hmm. in that division at that time, if I'm doing the math right in my head, would have been Troy Aikman. Mark Rippon was your quarterback in Washington and won the MVP that year. If if I'm doing the math right in my head about which years these were, Um, and and, and other big time, who was the quarterback when you were in Washington?
6: Well, I started with Doug Williams, with Mark Rippon in '91 was the Super Bowl MVP, right? You had Troy Aikman in Dallas, uh, you know, a young guy who was drafted in in 1989. Right. Um, Phil Simms was, you know, Phil Simms was try- ending, you know, getting to the end of his his career there with the New York Giants and uh, and Randall, back in those days, yeah. uh, they had the Arizona Cardinals, or the Cardinals were still in that division at that point. And I think that was uh, Neil Lomax at the time. Okay, and then and,
2: and Philly had Randall Cunningham. And I bring this up because... Yeah, Randall Cunningham. I, I, I threw this question out on Twitter yesterday and, and asked, what's the last time we had a division with quarterbacks this good? And people brought up that the NFC South in recent one recent year had Brady, Breeze, Matt Ryan, and I think Cam was still in Carolina. But the point is, to have four guys this good who were all right in their prime which is to say Mahomes and Herbert at the beginning of his career and Carr, who's been terrific, and now Russell Wilson. Have you ever seen a division this loaded from a quarterback standpoint? And what does it mean for each of them as they try and battle their way out of it?
6: Yeah, I. I you know, we were talking about it last year in, in the NFC West. I mean, we're talking about, hey, they got Stafford in los angeles they've got mm-hmm. kyler murray who's an ascending player they've got russell wilson you know and jimmy garoppolo who's gone to a super bowl and now all of a sudden you look at the afc west and it's better than it was last year in the nfc going into it in the nfc west so yeah I, this is as good as you know again off the top of my head as good as i can remember and i was saying that last year about the nfc west this was as good as i can remember i think they've trumped it so yeah it's is deep um you know herbert hasn't hasn 't been a playoff quarterback, but he's been absolutely amazing, nothing short of amazing in his first two years in the National football League. Mahomes is what he is, and I think Derek Carr is vastly underrated so yeah there is i mean this is this is an incredible division of quarterbacks right now and so who figures
2: to win it? Give me right now i I know your heart obviously is with the Broncos, but the analyst in you, as of this moment, and there's still all of free agency in the draft to come, but right this minute, who would you pick to be the best team in the AFC West this coming year?
6: Well I would I would still pick Kansas City. I think what they have from a weapons standpoint on the offensive side of the ball and Patrick Mahomes, I would give them the nod. But Denver has squarely gone from the fourth-best quarterback and the fourth-best team in that division to the second-best team in that division with this trade of Russell Wilson. So, you know, I think they become number two. I think they fight for, you know, division title slash, uh, you know, wild-card berth. Uh, I think they're right behind Kansas City in that. So I would put them squarely now at number two. All right, awesome.
2: Stink, best of the family. Big hugs to everybody. Thank you so much for jumping in, as always, and I will see you down the road. Thank you, my friend.
6: Sounds good, Greeny. I'll talk to you later, man. All right,
2: that's Mark Slareth again, doing the show locally there in Denver, and you see him every week doing the games on Fox. And I've said many times over the many years that I was the host, uh, along with Golik of Mike & Mike, he was the most frequent co-host with us. Like whenever Mike was off, there was a stretch of about 10 years where he was in with me all the time. You won't find a better guy or a better analyst. Now, having said that, in the minutes that we have left here, I want to go back to something. So the whole country wasn't with us when I played it. But we played a soundbite from a caller who called into to Carmen and Yurko's show, which is a big talk show in Chicago on ESPN 1000, saying he's happy that Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. You would say, what? How could a Bears fan be happy that Rodgers is staying in Green Bay? Here's why. He went on to say, because I don't want that guy to leave without us beating him. Rodgers is yelling at Bears fans, I own you. He wants to see the Bears get to a place where while Rodgers is still in Green Bay, they beat him. And I respect that take. If Rodgers leaves, then that era is closed. He owned you. That's it. You never had any satisfaction. You never in any way got the satisfaction of beating him. And I'll give you an analogy. No, no, Utah, you may not be old enough to remember this. I lose track of how long ago all these things happened. But the Boston Celtics throughout my childhood as a Nick fan, I grew up as a crazy Nick fan, the Boston Celtics owned the Knicks always uh, the year. The Knicks took them seven when, when Bernard King was so good and all that. But those were the Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Robert Parish Celtics. And, and the Knicks had some good teams with Hubie as the coach, but could never get over that top. And then there was a series. I want to say it was the first round best of five where the Knicks fell down two games to none against the Celtics came back, won games three and four at home at the Garden, then went back to Boston for the decisive game five and won. I want to say Stu Jackson was the coach of the Knicks that year. And I remember saying to, to other Nick fans, including my parents, calling my parents because I was living in Chicago at the time, calling my parents and saying, oh, so that's what it looks like in Boston when they lose. Red Auerbach was still alive then. And that's what Red Auerbach looks like walking out of the arena dejected. Like I'd never seen it before. And it was so satisfying. It was unbelievably satisfying. So to beat your rival, if you can do it, is actually great. So let me ask you the question. I'll start with you, Bubba. Would you rather, if you're, you're, just put this into your own context, whatever it is, if Aaron Rodgers had been the quarterback in your division beating your brains out for the last 15 years, would you rather see him leave or would you rather see him stay so you finally get a chance to beat him? Bubba, which way do you go as a fan?
1: Um, I'd I'd rather see him stay. I, I like the caller sentiment. I think that's the uh, the right attitude to have. You'd rather see him beat him, you know. Um, I mean, even just taking someone as as simple as Eli Manning, you know, they, he has two Super Bowls during the stretch when the Cowboys had none. And, you know, that that frustrates me to no end because, you know, he beat the Cowboys up and won two Super Bowls. So I think I wish we had a chance to win when he was in. And so I think, I think I like the caller's attitude. I think that's the correct attitude to have.
2: Nuno, which way do you go? Would you rather see him out or would you rather live with the fact that he's there knowing he'll probably continue to own you but take your shot?
3: Well, two things. One, it was the 90 playoffs. I still remember two plays there. Uh, Bird missed a rever- uh Went baseline and missed a reverse dunk. Mm-hmm. And Ewan throwing a, a three, didn't he? Yeah, you throwing e- a three. Yes, a, uh, there was a scramble, a loose ball. He picks it up uh, by the bench and hits a three. Yeah. Uh, so I still, I still remember that. See, here's the problem: is that even if you beat him on the way out, as a Packer fan. I still he still has owned you. Like he is still like you could beat him. The only way it changes is if you beat him in the playoffs and come on, that's not happening. So like so How about if you win the division and he and he gets left home? Like how about if the
2: Bears surpass that and you beat Green Bay and, and you and you and you win a division one year and he doesn't at this stage of his, see, his career.
3: And I heard uh, uh Sylvie uh say this on his show yesterday, is that there wasn't a time where Aaron Rodgers kept the pa- uh, the Bears from getting to uh, the destination. Yeah, they beat them in that championship game, but that's because Jay Culler gets hurt, and and it's a thir- you know it's the your third string quarterback. But like Aaron Rodgers was never in the way because they were so like the Pack- the Bears were never on that level.
2: Well, here's the thing, as Hambo, I turn to you. The Packers have had thirty consecutive years of first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback play. Favre gets there. I think his first year is 92. So we're, we're really, I think this is the start of the 31st consecutive season of first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback play. So if, if you're the Bears, you've been the little brother. That is a rivalry that means, let me tell you, having experienced it from a reporting standpoint and, and being married to it, that rivalry means everything. Bears-Packers is a big deal to the Bears and the Packers and their fans. So with that as the backdrop, if you're a Chicago fan, are you dejected that he stayed in the division, or are you excited for the chance to finally beat him?
0: No, I'm definitely dejected. The phrase, <laughs> put me out of my misery, was invented for that Bears fan. Greeny, <laughs> do you know the last Bears quarterback to sweep the Packers in a single season? Is, who, it, who, is it Jim McMahon? No, it's Jim Harbaugh. Okay. That was in 1991. They've had plenty of chances— to climb out, Aaron. So that's the year before Favre, right? Mm-hmm. It was
2: Favre's first year, 92? ninety-two. Do I have that right? I have that exactly right. Favre was drafted in ninety-one by Atlanta and traded there the next year and became the starter. So yeah, so so it's been thirty years. Thirty years since they've swept the packers. <laughs> so take my shot. See, I, I get it. Like I don't know if I would agree with it, but I at least respect it. Like it's a, it is a it is a position that makes sense to me, one way or another. I hope that you have enjoyed our efforts to make sense of what is one of the most consequential days that we've seen in pro football in a really long time after 11 months we finally have the answer on Aaron Rodgers and two hours later Russell Wilson is traded to the Denver Broncos it's an amazing day we've had a lot of fun covering it and we'll be back in better than ever to do more of the same tomorrow Hembo is iffy
5: have
1: a great day we'll see you then it's Greeny on ESPN radio Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN radio and see it with the video on ESPN plus also catch Greeny on get up weekday mornings at eight on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.
4: Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert half.